welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here for round number two. And, of course, it's a Wednesday, Mr. Slider, which means round number two is round number last for us here. Early day. <laughs> Early day. For me, not for you. You get the pleasure of spending time with the legislative watchdogs coming up this morning at uh, 9 o'clock. And uh, one never knows what's liable to happen on that show. But you always you have some good input. They let you have input in there. They right? do. They actually uh, let me participate, Howard. That's a little frightening, but okay. It's uh, but I let you participate too. Forty six degrees right across the board. Forty six at the airport. Forty six at the Highlands. Forty six in Elm Grove. Forty six here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to be mixture of sun and clouds today. Will be in the mid. Will be in the low sixties, maybe 60, 62, 63, somewhere around there. A little bit of rain tomorrow. Cloudy, a high around 66. Good bit of rain on Friday and Saturday, unfortunately. Uh, but the beginning of next week looks pretty nice. Uh, that's what you have to look forward to uh, weather-wise here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob, yesterday we talked with um, our friend uh, Tom Gatteri, uh, who just got back from Israel. And he was talking about, among other things, the number of journalists who have been killed. We talked about that after he left us a little bit. He sent me a note yesterday, at the uh, yesterday afternoon. At least 15 journalists have been killed in the first 10 days of the Hamas-Israeli war. Um, many others reported injured or missing, but 15 journalists killed in 10 days of the Hamas-Israeli war. For context, Tom says, there were a total of 15 journalists killed in Ukraine in the entire year of 2022 and up to now 2023. I was able to uh, spend a little time with Tom off the air yesterday, and I, I, I told him, you know, just how proud I was of him and just how, how brave I thought he was to, to, to go anywhere near a place. But see, you got to remember, Tom's an international correspondent. He's been to, in fact, surprisingly, he told us Israel is the only place he hasn't been. He's been to Afghanistan. He's been to all of the hot spots of the world as an international correspondent. So um, that kind of stuff is de rigueur for him. And I've been in some hairy situations myself, Howard, but I've never had rockets shot at me. I've never had people trying to kill me with rockets and bazookas and stuff like that. Now, the prepositional phrase there is important. You've never had people trying to kill you with rockets. Yes. Other things. Other, <laughs> other things you have occasionally been, uh, been, uh, been, been attacked by and threatened by and threatened by. I think I may have done that once or twice. Couple Howard, yes. I'm going to kill you. You do that again, I'm going to kill you. You threw something at me one time in the early days, Howard, and I, I laughed at you. <laughs> did I really? Did I throw something at you? You did, and I reminded you. That's, that was 20 years ago when I still had a right arm. I reminded you that I could pick that up and throw that right through you, Howard. So okay. don't do that again. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do that. All right. Okay. 8, 12 in the morning here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, I do want to mention uh, this is one of our, uh, un not unusual days, but again, we have a lot of different programming for you coming up this afternoon, today at noon, being, no, not, not today's not Donnie, is it? Tomorrow's Donnie. Tomorrow's Donnie. Tomorrow's Donnie. Uh, however, I'll tell you, tomorrow on the Donnie Gilbert Radio Show, Tom Gilbert from Country uh, City Citywide will be the co-host. Hey, guess who's going to come up tomorrow on the show? Tom Gilbert. Uh, well, yep. And who else? You know what? Ha, 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 ha. The, the comedians the are comedian. back? Oh, those guys are good. The comedian, Tony Iannarelli, up with this week's comic from Wheeling Island. Uh, let's see. Rick Lay will stop by and talk about his new project. Who is that? Do you know? I do not know, Rick. We'll find out about his new project. Nelson Croft, Wendy Neubauer from the Ohio County Animal Shelter. 
So we'll probably get more spots on the floor again. Okay. Be careful there, Dan. Yeah. No, we're only kidding, Dan. <laughs> Sometimes the pet of the week, you know, just right about where you are. Uh, Bear and Lola and uh, Mr. Wright will be in as well with the picks in the top five and all that kind of good stuff. So Donnie Gilbert tomorrow. I was thinking it was today. Tomorrow here on the Watchdog uh, Radio Network. Dan Millison is here with us. Um, Kind of strange. Insurance is your game, right? Uh, yeah, has been for 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 ten years. But I mean, uh, was looking for um, was looking for something else, I guess. Yeah. So Dan is the guy behind uh, Waterfront Hall, which is now open and and is I think is a real spark plug on the Heritage Port in downtown Wheeling. It's on Water Street, the old Berry Supply Building. Uh, for years and years, some of us who would try and envision what the port would look like talked about what could be done with that building if it became available and it did bear supply moved and so you bought it you you had i get the sense i have is you had sort of a vision but not quite sure in the beginning is that right we knew it was the the best piece of real estate that we could we could find um in the ohio valley i mean generally um we were looking for something that could tie into west banco arena that could tie into the festivals that could tie into recreation that occurs on the river and on the trail and that's it i mean we knew that and then over the course of um you know having it for a year and trying to settle into okay what works the thing that really helped me was the 2014 envision wheeling comprehensive plan well thank you very much because i helped write that yeah well seriously i mean because i i i pulled it up and I was like, okay, what does the city want to accomplish? And I thought, okay, well, if I align whatever the uses of this building are with the city's vision, then it, it's going to have support. And uh, ultimately that was kind of the genesis of, of the idea making. And then I kind of thought to myself, well, hey, what's what's my perfect day look like? And for me, that's, you know, having a place to me- take meetings, having a place to um, – eat, drink, ha- have some live music, have some entertainment, and then a place to a place to crash. And, and, and ultimately, that's what the building became. You know, on the first level, it's there's going to be two places to eat. Uh, on the first level, there's a place to have, have a, a cold beer. There's a place to watch live music. On the second floor, there's two Airbnbs. On the third floor, there's a place to have corporate events and wedding receptions and parties and things like that. So Ultimately, that's that's kind of how it was put together. Uh, what does the city want to try to accomplish? What are their initiatives? And then what uh, what does my perfect day look like? And over the course of COVID, we all had time to think yeah, during yeah, that think period. That. I had a lot of time to think. And so it kind of came into fruition um, uh, during that period of time. Uh, it has really become, I, I, I've used this phrase a dozen times on the show, it's really become, I think, a spark plug for Water Street and the Heritage Port. What, what, the Heritage Port is a wonderful addition to the city and has been now for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have events there. But there's what has been missing all along is a convenient gathering place. I'm not sure yeah. what to use, but a convenient place right there for people to stop ahead of time, stop afterwards, even stop without events. The, the next phase of developing the port area had to be something like Waterfront Hall. Yeah, um, and and now I'm starting to see like the next level of uh, what people might expect down there. And of course, everybody says parking. But ultimately, I think at some point we have to pretend it's a city. You know, the parking garage is right <laughs> around the corner. Um, yeah, it's you're literally. I mean, yeah, there's a convenient drop off and pickup location because there's an old uh, there's an old um, 
loading area there in front of the building that's still painted red. You can still drop off your loved one and, and go park in the garage. But ultimately, yeah, I, I feel like, um, in, in a sense, we got there first. But without the foresight of the of Heritage Port itself back in 2000, 2001, oh. none of it makes sense. You know, the, the windows in the front of the building were, were blocked over for 65 years and they have an unbelievable view of the river. Well, the reason they were blocked over is because it was staring at the wharf parking garage right. for for a long time, right? So, uh, ultimately, it was the it was the port and the the foresight of the port that that led to this, and hopefully, this leads to more. All things in their time, though, the port had to get up and yeah. running and get developed, and it's become pretty active these days, and has a variety of different things going on. Uh, this is the right time for something like Waterfront Hall to be there, and. Um, I always somebody asked me what is it like. I kind of, and you may not like this analogy. I kind of said it's sort of like a food court there on the first floor. I mean, it's you got Avenue Eats, you got the bar area, you get a drink. Yeah. I know you have room on the other side where you're going to have probably another restaurant, or that's the game plan or the hope. Yeah. Um, but it's all kind of all one big area, so you just sort of go and get and sit and. The, yeah, the food court analogy is right. In fact, it's so right that that. Uh, <laughs> Well, this is, I, I know this is the f- quick story. This is the first food hall with l- alcohol present in West Virginia because we changed the law. Really? Yeah, we changed the law. Um, it came, went into effect on June 15th, I think, but it passed in March as a part of Senate Bill 534, which stated that now there is an, a, a food court, to use your language, it says food court mm-hmm. liquor permit in West Virginia, and we were the first applicant that, that pushed, that went in. So, um, Ryan Weld, Sean Fluharty, both were instrumental in putting the language into Senate Bill 534. And the entire concept that I had was illegal until June. <laughs> and we were doing, you know, doing it anyway with the hopes that it— Working it out. Yeah, going, exactly. So I hope they come along with it. That was my proudest moment, you know, getting the law changed. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I know it's a new concept in West Virginia. Um, it is just like a food court, like you would see in a mall, only there's, there's booze. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. and, yeah. And, there's, and there's entertainment. Yes. What I like yes. is um, during event times, you sometimes have like a pre, pre-event music, but mm-hmm. every once in a while there's just music there, period. And, and that's going back to your vision, which I, I hadn't thought about that. What, what would you like to do during the day? Go someplace, have a burger, have a beer. Yeah. Just hear some music. Mm-hmm. Maybe take your laptop and do some work. I mean, all of those things. That's yeah, that's absolutely. what is there. Yeah, we we have we have seven um, different days of live music over the next twelve. So uh, we're really starting to ramp up our entertainment calendar. That was that was the for me that that was the part that was closest to my heart was trying to create some kind of live entertainment space where there was art and music and and uh, live performance. So. Um, uh, so the, the the this Saturday coming, we have a show on the 21st at, at 9 o'clock. All our tickets and all that are available on, at waterfronthall.com. You can find them there and buy them pre-sale or buy them at the door. But this Saturday, we have an event. We're hosting West Liberty for a film festival on Sunday. Cool. Tuesday, we have a blues night next week. Wednesday, we have an open mic comedy night. Thursday, we have a punk and metal show next week. Then Friday and Saturday, we have a Grateful Dead cover band coming into town from Columbus who's going to do a Halloween, two-night Halloween run for us. And then um, on on Sunday, we have uh, a local band doing an all-ages matinee for kids, costume party, ice cream truck outside. 
So we're really starting to get into the programmatic elements of the building now that the weight of the construction process has been lifted as of yesterday. Let's so. talk about the uh, uh, getting the building ready, though. You had to do a lot of renovation work. Yeah, um, a good 36 months of it. And um, we had a decision to make there at the beginning. Well, first off, how? How, how are you going to pull this off? Well, you need... You need a general contractor um, and Catrell Companies of Toronto. They have a big presence here in Wheeling. Uh, we're, we're, we're our first contact. We knew we wanted to do it uh, union, and so that's how we did the project over the last three years or so. Um, to what extent did the idea morph from the very beginning thoughts to what we have right now? And then it probably will morph again as time goes by. I, I get the sense this is the kind of yeah. work in progress, but to what extent is it already... Uh, well, we had to fit, the vision had to fit within the historic tax credit guidelines. I mean, this is ah, a tax okay. credit project. Yeah. So, you know, we basically submitted our plans, you know, created by Dennis Madama on 14th Street, our architect, you know, in concert with, with, with me. And, and, and then after that, it was like, okay, does this concept fit within what the historic tax credit reviewers want us to do in Washington, D.C., you know? And um, so ultimately it was like, uh, it it was clay for a while, and a lot of people had their hands in it. Um, but ultimately, uh, it it hasn't hasn't varied much from from the original or you know Eureka moment of like oh we're going to put it all uh, in in kind of harmony with one another. These uses on the first, second, and third floor. Yeah. Mary Elliott often touts the value of historic tax credits, and I suspect the general public hears the phrase and it goes in and out of their head. Um, it is really important to someone like yourself or the many developers who are trying to do things around the area uh, to be able to work within those historic that, that that makes a huge difference doesn't it it does uh, the simplest way for me to put it and i and i think i want to i want to take some time to demystify this process make a couple of youtube videos or something cuz it's so powerful if you buy an old building that is on a historic survey or register you can get your project discounted by 40%. That's a pretty good deal. So if you want to do a project around here, if you buy an old building, it's 40% cheaper. Like that that's the easiest way for me to put it. It's very it gets complex, but you can hire people that can help you. God knows I didn't know what I was doing. Um but but you know, there's people out there that can be of service. Heather Slack was my tax credit consultant. Main Street Bank made this project possible. Wheeling Heritage made this project possible, and the city's had a role in it too. So, and there's I could name more, but yeah. I won't ask you if you are profitable. Do you do you want this to be a profitable operation, <laughs> or are you just trying to be good to the city? I, I didn't. It's not a nonprofit, okay. <laughs> so I didn't file for a nonprofit. Uh, but ultimately, I know that break-even point is off into the distant future, and I, I ultimately, I wanted to do something that was going to inspire other people. And if you and I realized in the process, if I was going to do that, I needed to to basically go underwater for a while. And and when I when when we come back up from that is it, I can't see it yet. But um, as long as we're at this point breaking even and 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 growing some um, with the revenue from the bar and the event space and and from rent from other tenants, uh, that's okay for now. Dan, I really admire uh, people that have a vision. 
something that nobody else can see, but they see it and they stick to it because they get a lot of pushback. Ah, that's not going to work or whatever. But you stay true to your heart. You and I, I'm one of your biggest fans. I just wanted you to know that because I often went by that building, that area down there, and I thought the same thing. Not not as complex as you, but I thought, man, this is a waste of space. It could be so much more. Thanks for saying that. We, um, yeah, I, I feel like I was inspired by the guys at the bridge, or That's, y- yeah. you know, like name a project, a example, name yeah. a project, and and I want, I do want to say that like, there's a, you know, a lot of developers will come in and they'll look at a spreadsheet and they'll see when that break even point is and they'll and they'll focus on that, but ultimately, Wheeling is in a little bit of a different place where people are just taking the risk, and any any good thing that comes up in a community comes from people taking risks and just hoping that it comes out right on the back end. Sometimes it makes no sense, but ultimately, um, from my perspective, I just hope that this inspires the next person to do something and the next person to do something. And then those projects keep the momentum going. And the, the Carl's and the bridge tavern, a great example Mm -hmm. of that. And they really invested heavily in that property and in what they're doing. They clearly have a vision and they've been implementing it. I, I am so impressed with the fact that, that they made lemonade out of lemons. The streetscape project kind of shut them off, basically, yeah. because of all the work being done there. They said, well, look, why don't we just take this time to do our renovation work inside? Uh, smart move. Yeah, they ro- they have a way of rolling with the punches that is really admirable. And um, I didn't. we don't have to deal as much with the streetscaping project because we're down yeah. on Water Street. But... Uh, Ultimately, for all of these businesses that are on main and market, it's a it's imperative at this point for people to uh, patron patronize those those businesses, even though it's a little more difficult right now. Let me take a break. We'll come back, talk some more. Dan Milson is with, uh, with us this morning here, Watchdog Morning Show. He is the uh, uh, developer, owner, entrepreneur of Waterfront Hall on Water Street on Heritage Port, which I think is just um, I think it's going to be a turnaround uh, place for. Uh, the next phase of what's happening on the port and in that area. We'll talk more in a minute here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 827. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The law office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom with a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud. Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation. 304-232-5300. Get big savings when insulating your home with 11% off all insulation. A properly insulated home can save you money on your utility bill, all while increasing your family's comfort. And the savings continue with additional federal tax credits on qualifying energy efficiency home improvement purchases. A roll of R13 craft paper faced insulation is $12.10 after 11% rebate. Good through October 22nd, savings are a mail in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. You're gonna make a run And you plan on having fun The one place you should know Gumby's Grab and Go Last 
Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Bear and Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning. Good Old Boys is all we'll ever be. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. When you said goodbye, is that a shame? My tears feel like rain. Talking about the uh, waterfront hall, uh, the Heritage Port, uh, water, on Water Street on the Heritage Port today. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk with Jim Ambrose from Tipping Point uh, out of uh, Pittsburgh, who is, uh, his group is overseeing some of the plans for Clay School in East Wheeling. Tomorrow night, there is a, uh, a town hall meeting. They're calling it a uh, block party, I think. They're going to have pizza or something. That makes it a block party. Uh, it's going to be a planning session, though, where you all can come and offer ideas on what you think Clay School should be, what should be done with Clay School. So that's tomorrow. Jim Ambrose will be with us here on the program. And on uh, Friday, Senator Manchin is in with us to talk about, well, yes, I get it. I have to ask him, and he'll tell me. I have not made up my mind, Howard, but i got to ask him. I'll ask him, is he running for re-election of the presidency? But we'll talk about some of the other big issues of the day, too. So just a little look down the road at what's uh, coming up uh, here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, coming up today at uh, 10 o'clock, it's statewide talk line with Hoppy Kerchival. Uh, the issue of foster care is becoming to be a big deal. CPS is getting a lot of complaints uh, from the uh, in before the legislature. Uh, Kelly Allen, uh, who's been with us many times, executive director of the Center on Budget and Policy, uh, will be in to talk about that. And uh, I'll be on with Hoppy today talking about the uh, council meeting last night, talking about uh, homeless here in the city of Wheeling and concerns about that and the urban camping, anti-urban camping proposal and so on. I'll join Hoppy around 1045. If you want to mark your calendars for that, uh, be sure to check that out. That's some of what's coming up this morning. Hey, Dan, I guess I should ask you, does the problem of homelessness affect uh, Waterfront Hall? Uh, you can be honest. Yeah, people people have um, a, a, a preconceived notion about what to expect down on the waterfront yes. that isn't always positive. Um, from, from, from my experience, which is the only place I can speak from, there has been uh, only one occasion in five years of being there and working on this project where we had any vandalism at all um, uh, or any kind of uh, really issue with 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 any um, patron or or person. So, I mean, I, I, I I'm a compassionate person, and that's the angle that I try to um, come at this issue with. And so, as far as the the failure or success of my project's concerned, I, I mean, it, it has not affected. It's not affected. It has not affected the building. There may be people out there whose opinion I'm not aware of that don't come to the water, you know, to the waterfront because of whatever feelings they have, and I can't pay attention to that, you know. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, I'm just I'm, I look at it from a compassionate place and hope that sometime in the near future, once we get balanced and settled down there, that we're we're, we're contributing to a solution of some kind. Our staff, you know, um, the, the way that we, um, you know, spend our funds and, and support the community. 
um, you know, that that's my goal long term. I want to talk about um, what might be next uh, for Waterfront Hall. And we'll do that coming up in a minute here. It's 833, 27 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Taylor Long is here in the WTRF TV7 newsroom. She's got Ohio Valley headlines. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 18th. Steubenville police are still asking for the public's help in finding a missing teen. Authorities say 15-year-old Rayana Shields was supposed to be at the youth center in Steubenville on Monday, but when class was canceled, she called her mother saying she was at a Rena Center store. She was last seen wearing gray sweatpants and a gray t-shirt with a black skull on it. Anyone with information is urged to call police at 740-283-6090. And as the horrors happening in Israel continue, witnessing the violence from afar is heartbreaking. But what if you were in the country when it happened? Well, that was the case for Magdalena Kleb and William Clark, two students from Franciscan University who were studying abroad in Austria. They had two 10-day breaks during their semester, and they chose to spend one of them in Israel, hoping to follow the footsteps of Jesus in the Holy Land. However, their pilgrimage turned into a nightmare when Hamas started firing rockets at Israel from the Gaza Strip, killing hundreds of people, including some Americans. Kleb and Clark were not in immediate danger, but they had to flee the country very quickly. They both say their faith in God kept them strong throughout the whole experience. Clark says he felt there were many things out of his control and that he never felt students were in immediate danger. And a quick traffic update for you this morning. Sunset Boulevard in Steubenville will be reduced to one lane from Forest Avenue to Lindeth Avenue from 730 to 5 p.m. The closure will last from today through Friday. During this time, crews will be replacing fiber communication lines. And the Ziegenfelder Company and Books with Badges teamed up to host Books and Booze. It was a Halloween-themed event last night. It took place in front of Ziegenfelder's on 18th Street and featured a trunk or treat, a costume contest, all while Books and Booze accepted book donations from the public. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. It's time to talk basketball in the Big 12 in Kansas City. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Big 12 Conference's basketball season culminates each year in Kansas City with the playing of the conference tournament. In fact, it also starts there. 
starting today. The first of two days of media days, the first ever 14-team Big 12 conference with the newcomers, the four new additions in front of the microphones today, along with the regular schools, and that includes West Virginia and Coach Josh Eilert. The AP came out with its top 25 preseason poll yesterday. There are four Big 12 teams. Kansas, to no surprise, comes in at number one. Houston at number seven. The Longhorns of Texas and their maiden voyage are at 18, and the Baylor Bears come in at number 20. WV football coach Neil Brown of the Mountaineers continuing to prepare for Saturday's game against Oklahoma State. Brown held his weekly press conference yesterday, had several interesting things to say. Looking back to that loss to the Houston Cougars, if, if he had to do it over again, he said that he would have rushed five instead of the three that they had used. He also questioned himself in regard to preparation for that game against Houston. He was trying to give his team some much-needed rest and relaxation, both physically and mentally. He says in looking back, his team lacked the physicality that it had used when it won those four straight games. And if he had to do that over again, he probably would have been more physical in preparation for the Cougars. A reminder, the Neil Brown Show this week comes your way on Thursday night from Kegler's beginning at 6 o'clock. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Promanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. What they do, they smile in your face. All the time they want to take your place to backstab us. Backstab us, they smile in your face. Well, there's not a message of any kind here, is there? No, I, I picked that music this morning. No, okay, Judge, no message. You weren't trying to give me any message. I haven't done anything bad. You said I threw something at you once before. I didn't I didn't stab you in the back or anything, did I? All good. Okay, all right, just checking. 840, to the hour here, Watchdog Morning Show. Dan Millison is with us. He is the uh, uh, owner, uh, entrepreneur, creator of Waterfront Hall uh, in downtown Wheeling on the Heritage Port on Water Street. It's in the old Berry Supply Building, for those of you who do not yet know that. Uh, I think it's created a great deal of um, uh, buzz and excitement and energy. It's, it's added the energy to the heritage port that uh, has been needed for a while. That's just that's that's my opinion. You just finished construction yesterday, though. Yes, we just finished construction uh, and s- uh, took the pictures that ultimately will be our part three submission to the National Park Service for our tax credits. So. Yeah. Uh, there's more phases of the project left to go, but what I said I would do, we did uh, in the first phase, submitted it for the tax credits, and I'm uh, going to take a little break here, and then immediately jump to our next kitchen tenant on the first floor, because we only have one restaurant, but we have room for two, so we try to give add... Some, 
Avenue Eats is in there. Yes. Uh, yes. And that was a great get oh, because yeah. Yeah. they have a built-in clientele to begin with and people waiting for them to come back. So that that was really good. Do you have uh, thoughts? I'm not going to ask you to reveal anything, sure. but do you, have, do you have contact somebody for the other one? Yes, but let me first say that any success that that building has had so far has been mostly because Avenue Eats. Uh, so I owe a debt of gratitude yes. okay. to Laura and Phil um, f- um, for, for that, uh, the owners of Avenue Eats and their staff. Um, that that has made a, a wheeling outsider uh, more of an insider, if you will, <laughs> uh, because they're they're That's an institution, yeah. you know. And so that that is what we wanted to try to achieve in the early days, and they were the they're the perfect fit. As far as the second kitchen is concerned, it needs to be complementary. It also needs to be on the same level. Uh, I don't want to have somebody in there who feels you inferior, right. or you know, have them feeling like maybe they're. Sup- so it, it's going to be an important balance and a kind of a new new problem. It's not totally different than center market, um, but in a way it it uh, it is um, in that I don't look at it as competition. I look at it as an upward spiral of sure. go, of good things, right? But ultimately, there is some some um, a period of time that'll be an adjustment where when a new kitchen comes in. So when when I say complementary, I, I guess I just mean. Um, not the not the kind of American style burgers and fries, but something ethnic or um, just a kind of different style you, of food. You're not want somebody who just says, well, I can bring in a grill and cook a burger or I can throw some dogs on the grill. You want something that has somebody that has somebody that's, that's pizzazz to it. Yeah. And established and has a lot of pride and, and uh, wants to make a phenomenal product. Yeah. This area, Wheeling, has become such a I don't like to word, use the phrase, but I'll use it. Foodie town in recent years. You know, there's a, a great deal of attention being paid to quality of food and and to the chefs that are around and the people who are doing things, um, which wasn't the case for a long time. I yeah. mean, it's really really been a big turnaround here. Yeah, it, it has been, and I, I, it's important to remember that the the bottom line of any restaurant, you know, whether it's that 15 percent or 20 percent of those revenues that typically go to ownership. If it's an independently owned restaurant, it goes back into the community for the most part. Whereas your your corporate restaurants, no offense to anybody that works there or manages there, but that money's going to another city and state. It's going to a, a large corporation, oftentimes. So, so I, yeah, it's important to su- support these um, you know creative people who decided to take an enormous risk by creating their own food concept. So you have Avenue Eats in there. You get a bar in there. Uh, you have uh, a second eatery of some kind that'll be coming. What's the next phase, or where do you go from there? From there, um, there's there's one more portion of the building that's really just storage right now on the second floor that someone is interested in for a day spa. So uh, if you think about it in, in in its entirety, then that means that there will be uh, a ballroom on the third floor, a place. Uh, basically, a couple of hotel rooms on the second floor, um, but full Airbnb apart- full, kind of full apartments, Airbnbs. And then, if you put uh, a hair and day spa next door, if somebody wanted to get married there, they could theoretically <laughs> stay the night before the wedding, wake up, get their hair They're done, done. <laughs> hang out all day, go down to the bar, uh, eat something, go back upstairs, get ready for the, the wedding, and get married on the third floor. So that that whole <laughs> picture turns it into like a little mini resort, if you will. Yeah. Um, mini's the word because that's very it'd be, it'd be a compact experience, but but ultimately that's that's what it is. Has this developed faster than you expected? Now I know it took a long time to to get to opening, if you will, but or close to opening. When I first heard the announcement of what you wanted to do, 
I didn't think it would be as quote successful, and by that I mean a community vibe successful mm-hmm. as it is this soon. Has it been? Has it surprised you? Maybe uh, you've worked on it so hard that <laughs> it, it, it is, doesn't seem fast to you. I remember um, having this idea and not knowing how to give it out to the public. And as a result, I spent oh a couple months having the same recurring dream where I was in, where I was in <laughs> I was in a nondescript downtown building in a city that was kind of like Wheeling but not really. And I was and I was trying to utter what I was trying to do, and I could I couldn't get the words out. It's like my mouth had a zipper on it. <laughs> and I had that dream over and over and over again. Finally, I thought to myself, if I don't do something, I'm going to go insane. So I made a video. And, and the video was just a walkthrough of the building. And the response to the video was way more positive than I expected. Almost like your plan, the comprehensive plan and the initiative set forth with stakeholders around the community rang true when I made the video that fit the, fit the initiatives. So that was a cool experience because it took off way further than I expected it to. And then I knew I, I, knew I had something. And so now, uh, and then I had Avenue Eats kind of like we were courting one another. Or I was really, I was courting them, right. begging them, if you will. But, uh, courting, begging, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but ultimately, once I knew they were ready, then I, then I knew I at least had a foundation set. Let's talk about not just you, but let's talk about the area. Uh, I think there is some other property that might be becoming available down there. That's always been the problem. Again, I've had this vision for a long time. Mm-hmm. We talk about it. But the problem has been the property has not been available. It's not conducive to building new buildings because it's in the floodplain, among other things. Um, do you see other development coming down the pike now? Not necessarily you, but other development. Yeah, I mean, yes, I do. And I think that everybody has, like, this general uh, knowledge that the water the waterfront is developed in so many other cities and utilized so well in so many other cities. Even like I was in Cincinnati a couple weekends ago, and if you go to the Ohio River in Cincinnati, it's everything. Yeah. You know, it's everything's built around it, and even and even new builds to, to this day are happening down down in that area. I, it has a lot to do with the city. You know, um, anytime that there's there's property that, that people want to hang on to, or there's there's situations where. Um, you know, an, an opportunity has to come along for a business owner down there in order for them to, to make a move. Somebody has to, um, an entity has to come in, I think, and, and bring all the stakeholders together and try to figure out a, a comprehensive kind of plan for, for, in that case, just a block or two. And um, and so, yeah, I, I hope that our, um, our effort has kind of pushed uh, good pressure onto the situation and ultimately kind of the property owners who are down there with us maybe are, are thinking differently about what the possibilities are down there and and ultimately that that the city then not having seen uh, a risk taken in that area is willing to maybe take one of their own to to advance the situation I'm not advocating that this the city has to do everything uh, there's a lot of really intelligent people uh, that own property down there that can that can do it themselves but ultimately you have an area that's in a floodplain uh, that where new builds are difficult and it's going to require a group uh, coming together to turn it into a waterfront like uh, you see in many of the the country's cities 
And it's going to require people with vision. I'm I'm all for the city being a facilitator, yeah, but in the right. end, it has to be uh, the private totally individual agree. entrepreneurs who say, "I see," as you did, "I see something here. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to make it work." Um, and I don't know what the next phase would be. I, again, Waterfront Hall has surprised me. Uh, how, I call it successful. I just. You walk past there. You walk down there. There's a, there's an energy. There's a, that's a, there's an energy coming out of there. That was that was really, um, you know, when you tell somebody you're trying to create an energy, like three years before something's a reality, they think you're insane. You know, but well, like, especially in that building in that yeah. area where there has not been right. You know, most but, energy I ever saw down there, Bob, was the porno bookstore <laughs> at, uh, up the street before it was torn down. Well, but that that on that was my goal was to create. Um, energy where there might not have been any and um, to ultimately create a, an atmosphere that, that people um, want to keep coming back to. There's there's a lot of, of um, negativity out there in the world. There's there's a lot of burdens. And uh, I, I just wanted to create something that um, could at least suspend those or lift those for, for just a, a little while for people. Now, as you mentioned, the streetscape doesn't directly impact you because the streetscape work really isn't down to Water Street, but it does impact you in that it's it's all around. I mean, it's Main Street, and up and down yeah. Main Street and so on. Uh, when it is done, uh, I suspect it will become, it, it can only be an asset to your operation once the streetscape is actually finished. One, one thing I did not expect in the process was having uh, the Secretary of Transportation walk into the building <laughs> in, the, in the days before it opened yeah. and put his hands on the bar and go, yeah, you know, I like this place. Yeah. But that, um, so that was kind of a, a, a unique experience only brought forth by the streetscaping project. $31 million of investment, less than a block away from me. Um, and same, same for a lot of these people who are trying to do projects downtown. How could it not be good long term? Short term struggle, but long term, I think it'll change the impression of the entire city for visitors. And I think you will see other, uh, maybe smaller um, businesses developing. Some are actually working on it now, but once the streetscape is 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 done and people can see a. Comp- Right now, every all we all do is just complain. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I did it this morning, and I was driving into work. Oh my yeah. God, they moved the barrels. I got to get a. But I think when it's done, there's going to be. Um, I won't see a gigantic surge up, but I think there's going to be an increase of smaller businesses here in the downtown area. I agree, and I, I mean, I think for a long time, at least for as long as I've been around, five years or so. Um, People have felt like there's something afoot, you know, like is there a renaissance? Is there it, or, I hesitate to use that word, uh, but it's a good word. No, actually, yeah. I think it is a good word. But is 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 there something happening in downtown Wheeling that is um, that is that means something positive for our future? Right. And ultimately, I think the streetscaping project is the the when it's finished, it's when the the thing tips over yeah and ultimately we've got something old but new you know in the area where waterfront hall is there on water street in the heritage port of course it used to be as you pointed out the wharf parking garage and it's hard to remember bob now that there were people who actively fought against tearing the wharf down and building the port my god why would you tear down that wonderful parking garage you remember that i do when you started the interview 
interview with Dan, the first person I thought of was Jack Liphart because none of that would have been possible if he didn't have the vision that this wharf is holding us back. This wharf has to go. And just like Howard said, a lot of people said, man, you're nuts. But man, what vision he had. A phrase that Jack used way back when in the early 90s, um, which I always remember when we were talking about the Heritage Port, he said, the city of Wheeling for too long has let the Ohio River be its back door. We need to make the river our front door. And that required the tearing down. And again, this, uh, without getting into great detail, there was another talk show host in town who fought hard to not, God, we got to save the wharf, save the wharf. Uh, what, what a crazy idea this, this Heritage Port thing is. If we hadn't done that, you wouldn't be here today doing what you're doing. Absolutely not. No, the river is in the views of the river, and 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 the I'll I you know I hesitate to say it only because it's it had such a negative connotation uh, when I was a younger person, you know, because it's dirty. You know, it's an industrial you know it's an industrial area. It had been for hundred a hundred years, but. But ultimately, it's it it brings peace to me. The, I'll, sometimes I'll go up. Uh, our elevator goes to the roof, uh, so you go some, I'll go up and just sit there and stare at it, man. Yeah. And honestly, uh, I understand the the negative connotation that existed, um, um, you know, when I was growing up and all that. But uh, we, I think people need to take a second look at, at the river and ultimately. Um, you know, c- consider it for what it is. It's our greatest natural resource in this in this in this region. You know? Well, you see, people are beginning to pay more attention to it. Tony DiCarlo and the, the apartment yes. complex that she's building. Um, she actually added a sec- an additional floor to it. Uh, the first plans that the planning commission approved were, I think, four floors plus the the, the pizza shop. She said, I'm already sold out. I've got people who are buying these places. I need to add another floor because people want to be there on the river. It's going to be a high-end facility. It's yeah. not going to be, you know, cheap apartments. This is going to be a high-end place where people are going to come and enjoy watching the river uh, and, and seeing the scenery and, and probably walking up to a waterfront hall, too, by the way. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Dan, let me do a quick break. Final thought from you in a minute. It's uh, 6 till the hour, Watchdog Morning Show for a uh, Wednesday. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Update your floors with 11% off Great Lakes Vinyl Flooring in Menards. It's a perfect addition for any room in your home. Find a wide selection of waterproof and durable floors that are easy to install. Great Lakes Vinyl Floors also feature an attached pad for comfort and noise reduction. Heritage Vinyl Plank is only $3.29 per square foot after 11% rebate. Good through October 22nd, savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. 
A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Somewhere over the rainbow way up high. You know, maybe an appropriate song here because Somewhere Over the Rainbow is a song about dreaming, and that's what uh, Dan Millison has done. He has dreamed and turned his dream into reality. I guess it was a nightmare for a while, he said, but yeah. it turned his dream into a reality at Waterfront Hall. Now, like an idiot, I didn't ask Dan what he wanted to talk about. I just went my own way. And he pulls notes out. He's, he pulled notes out of his. I got notes here. I got notes. Did we not get to anything on your notes? I feel bad about that. We, we got to everything. Um, and I appreciate the Willie Nelson uh, there <laughs> on the intro. Thank you. For we that. love Willie, right? Yeah, yeah. I love him, too. Um, uh, nailer season's coming up. Yeah. And uh, for us, that's going to be an important period of time. Um, I think the first home match is November 4th. And uh, we're going to try to really kind of wrap our arms around those those home matches. Uh, we're going to do a country night on uh, after the after the match and, and um, ultimately – uh, just, I guess I would just want to say that uh, any, anybody who's a Nailers fan or uh, has has um, uh, got any interest in hockey at all, uh, we're going to try to be we're going to be open as much as possible around those home matches and create a little more atmosphere, hopefully down down around West Banco in, in concert with River City as well, who who also um, uh, obviously we we want to support. And they're so, in the midst of renovations as well. Yes, so, yeah. yes, and, and and that that's another r- real quick thing. I don't. I don't look at any of this as us getting into competition with anyone. In fact, we need each other uh, in the downtown area, and ultimately, it creates an experience for for um, people that live here where they can park their car and go to multiple places. That's the what a city's about. The more there is, the more there is. That's I, the way I look at I it. I love. Yeah. yeah, that's my philosophy as well. And so we're just trying to give them another reason to park and walk around. Well, Dan, I appreciate you coming in today. I appreciate the work that you've done. I, I Again, I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this because I've been talking on the air about how I think you've really charged that area, supercharged it, brought some excitement, some vibe, some energy to it. Uh, and I think it can continue, and I think uh, other entrepreneurs will probably uh, pick up on the concept. And uh, I, I only see good things for that area. And what I like about what's happened in the city of Wheeling is each area is developing on its own. We have the center market. Uh, we have what's happening up in North Wheeling with the bridge and the Doris, and now the, the work is going to be done with the old hotel. Uh, and now you're in the middle of the city. Just every area is beginning to see some resurgence, and I like that. Hey, come back anytime. Appreciate you being here. Thanks, Howard. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. 9 o'clock, Watchdog Morning Show. I'm done. Watchdog's next. ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. President Biden in Israel meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's war cabinet and the families of those killed and missing in the Hamas attack 11 days ago. We'll continue to work with you and partners across the region to prevent more tragedy 
innocent civilians. The visit coming at a tenuous time following the blast at a hospital in Gaza 